feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets uh, on, on each row. We'd like to ask if you wouldn't mind to take those and fill them out so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning and pass it down so others can fill it out as well. Go ahead and take your phone and check in here at Community Baptist Church. Let everybody know you're, you're worshiping with us today. And uh, a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, our choir is going to have a choir celebration next Sunday at 4 o'clock at the Belcher's house. And this is not just for the people that, are, that you see sitting in our choir um, every week. This is also for any uh, former members or prospective members or current members of the choir. So if you're interested in the choir at all, or maybe you just want to cheer them on a little bit, you're invited to uh, uh, the Belcher's house next week, at next Sunday at 4 o'clock. Also, as most of you know, we will be hosting the Boys and Girls Club here at uh, Community Baptist Church, and that will open uh, not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday on August the 7th, and in, junction, in conjunction with their opening, um, there will be a ribbon cutting at noon on August the 7th, before all the kids start arriving, and so you are invited to, to come and be a part of that ribbon cutting at noon on August the 7th. Also on August the 18th, go ahead and put this on your calendar. We're going to be having a church-wide hymn sing here at, at uh, Community uh, Baptist Church, and I uh, hope you uh, can come and be a part of that. And our upperclassmen group, we had a good weekend, a good uh, um, time on Friday as we had a surprise uh, lunch down in Calhoun, Kentucky, and uh, our outing for August will not be a surprise. We're going to Whitesville. And uh, and there will be uh, we'll be having the taste of Whitesville there. I understand that they did that last year. I was not able to go last year, but it's a, it's a big hit. So that'll be on August the 24th. And by the way, doesn't our parking lot look good? <laughs> yes. Uh, it, thank you to uh, to Sybil and all of our trustees for overseeing that and and, uh, and getting that done. Uh, they knocked it out in a hurry, didn't they? Re- they really did. So it looks very good. So thank you so much for that. Uh, on a sad note, many of you know that uh, Marsha Harkins has passed away, and her funeral will be today at 1 o'clock at uh, Witzel Funeral Home down in Morganfield. And so if you see me running out, uh, uh, that that's where I'm headed. Uh, um, so uh, let's keep her her family in our prayers today. Hmm. There's something else here. Oh, it's Youth Sunday. <laughs> it's Youth Sunday. They've been working hard and... Uh, They've had a great summer under Kelsey's leadership, and they've been working hard to prepare for uh, uh, the service today, and we look forward to their leadership in the service. Though I went up, I went to them just before the service, and I went like this, like I do to a choir sometimes, and they wouldn't stand up. Huh? <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> 
Good, good. Thank you so much. We're, we're looking forward to their, their leadership today. We're looking forward to a, a good sermon from Kelsey, and, uh, and we are glad uh, for this day uh, to celebrate our youth. So let me invite you now. Let us stand and share the love of God with one another and just give each other the peace of Christ.
prayer. Lord, thank you so much for everyone in the room this morning. Thank you to all the youth for doing this today. Please watch over us, and if we have any nervousness, let it go away. Thank you to this amazing church for all it provides us, especially the youth this summer, to have the best time. Please watch over every person in this room this morning and lead them in your light. Amen.
Hello. I am CJ from the youth group. So when I first was invited to be part of the youth group, it was from Sydney, and it was in my summer PE class, and at first I didn't really, you know, want to go, but as I got to know Sydney, I decided, you know, why not? Because it's summer and I don't really have anything better to do. But then when I started to go, I got to know people more. Like when I first showed up to the very first meeting, I met Kelsey, and she was very welcoming. It's like we knew each other already. And then I remember the first lesson. It was about it was about a hill, and you're either at the top of the hill or you're climbing the hill, and you try not to let people drag you down. And then, so after a while, I started going more and more, and then. I, we started volunteering, and the volunteer work was great. Like, at first, I didn't want to volunteer either, but I got to the Salvation Army and the Christian Outreach, and it was a pretty good time watching the kids jump on the bounce house. You know. And this summer, um, this youth group really helped me get to get to know people better and get really close to God. You know, I've never been to this church before, but everyone here is very nice and welcoming. It's like I've met y'all all before. And the, the Sunday, that the Sunday a uh, few Sundays ago, was the first time I ever actually attended one of the masses. And I remember the joke he told about the bear and the... And I got a lot out of that. Especially, you know, the bear. And I want to thank Kelsey and I want to thank Sydney for being so kind and inviting me to this youth group. And that re- the retreat we went to this weekend was a really good retreat. It helped me bond with my friends and it helped me get really close to God. And I, I got a lot from this youth group. This is like the first time ever during the summer that I really, you know, got more involved with Christ. And I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you all.
please pray with me. Help us to be generous givers, dear Lord, both of our money and of our lives, that we might make a difference in this town. We ask this through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave all that he was, that we might know life in all its fullness. Amen. chapter 3 verses 12 to 15 as God's chosen ones holy and beloved clothe yourselves with compassion kindness humility meekness and patience bear with one another and if anyone has a complaint against another forgive each other just as the Lord has forgiven you so you also must forgive above all clothe yourselves with love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let peace, and let the peace of Christ rule rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in the one body. And be thankful. This is the word of the Lord. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jeez, son. Yeah? What did you get here? Got, got some birds, some wild birds. Really? Yeah. What'd you get? 
I'm not feeling over there. There's a field of wild birds. Huh. Well, if you don't mind my asking, what are you going to do with them? I'll play games with them. Games? Yeah, I play games with wild birds. Yeah. What kind of games? Um, sometimes I like to pull a stick in there, you know, and they'll be like, come on, 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 come
I overheard a story a couple of weeks ago. Two guys moved from Chicago. They were tired of the hustle and bustle of living in the big city. So they decided to move to West Texas and be cotton farmers. However, they've never farmed cotton in their entire lives. So they go to a store, and the manager's helping them out, says, you need a plow, you'll need some seeds, you'll need this and this and this. And the guy said, okay. However, the owner of the store decided to mess with them and said, you also need a mule. He said, well, what's a mule? He said, oh, you see that out there? And pointed to the watermelon stand. He said, those are mule eggs. Go ahead and get one of those, and in a couple weeks you'll have a mule. So they loaded all their supplies and this mule egg into the car, and they headed down the road. There's a hole back here that I keep stepping in. Sorry. One of the boys from Chicago looked out and said, huh, I guess we should go and buy a farm. So they bought the farm, they unloaded all their supplies, and a jackrabbit came and found their mule leg and ate right through it. So these awesome guys from Chicago, trying to be cotton farmers, said, oh my gosh, it's our mule already. And they try to go grab the jackrabbit. The jackrabbit runs away. So they try to catch him. And one of them said, I guess we've lost our mule and we'll not get it back now. And the other said, that's not that bad. I don't ever want to plow that fast. So, unfortunately, most of us want to live our life at the speed we want to live. God wants us to live at his pace. We talked a lot this week about, or this weekend, I say week, it felt like a week. Uh, We talked a lot this weekend about living for your purpose and living for God's purpose and how those are similar, how those are different. We don't want to do it in the way we have. We want to do it in the way that God wants us to do. So, thank you Cassius for reading our awesome scripture. So, we're going to focus on compassion, kindness, humility, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness. So what does that mean for us? So, this summer we've spent learning about being the best you. Most of our youth are going into their first year of high school. A couple of them are going into their first year of middle school. So it's a lot of change for a lot of them. And most of us are going into a new chapter of our lives, too. Starting the school year for kids kind of means a new chapter for us. I'm going into my last year of college. Yeah. No. (laughs) I feel like just yesterday I moved away. And I know for some of you guys, you're sending your kids off to school, and you feel like you just put them on the bus for the first time. Do you guys feel like you just started? No. Yeah. So, we've learned a lot about what being a good Christian is. Yeah. And there's no definition for what a good Christian is. So, we want to focus on not needing five more minutes. Of course, I had to steal it from Scotty McCreary, who doesn't love him. But we want to focus on having five more minutes because we are enjoying every moment so much. We don't want five more minutes because we missed out. So, this weekend, 
We were sitting at the Brain Injury Adventure Camp, which was so much fun, right? I think everyone's still exhausted because I was chasing them to bed at 2 a.m. still. So, what's God's plan for you? Do you guys remember what your answers were? Do you guys know what your answer would be? What's God's plan for you? I know. There's not a good answer, is there? So, we talked about what our answer would be to what God's plan is for you. And our answer was... We don't know. We don't know. Exactly. So, we decided that as a group, we were going to take every opportunity given to us. We would like to think that we are all the most kind humans, that we are the most genuine, that we are the nicest humans, or whatever. However, we all look, we all put on our outward kindness. We want somebody to say, wow, you're so nice, or wow, you're so awesome. But what are we lacking inside? Do we have that genuine kindness inside? Are we doing things just to be nice without being praised? So there was a New York Times article, Can Money Buy Happiness? I would like to think money could buy happiness. However, it does not. It says, data cited that money can buy a certain kind of happiness. But that certain kind of happiness comes with regret. This isn't a New York Times article, so I don't know how they measured kindness and regret, but they did. Has anyone heard of affluenza? People that are so rich that they think that they can get away with things, that they can do things that other people who aren't as affluent can. So, they talked to Americans 25 to 65. As a college student, I love surveys and articles with numbers. So, half of all the people that responded to this survey said that they have sacrificed something to accumulate wealth. Half of the people who have so much money, they've sacrificed something to accumulate wealth. David David Murphy is a wealth management firm owner. He said, It's guilt over time. It took away from the family. There's a lot of emotions built into growing the business and the time it takes to do that. In the pursuit for wealth, unfortunately, we sacrifice our family, we sacrifice our church, we sacrifice school, we sacrifice relationships with other people. And I don't know about you, but for me, that's the wealthiest we can be, is having those relationships with our church family, coming to youth. These kids could have worked all summer. We could have all went and worked on a Sunday to get money, to get whatever we need to get, but we chose to be here. We chose that this is our wealth for today, and we didn't sacrifice. Most of us are sitting here with family and friends. We didn't sacrifice those relationships. So, for those of us that are blessed with riches, all of you that are here today have given to the church, have invested in this youth group, have invested in the fun parking lot, have invested in this building. 
and that's something that your wealth has done to help you grow, but also those around you. We focused this weekend on taking all the opportunities we see. And that was kind of helping define our purpose, right? If we see an opportunity to help somebody, if we see somebody pulled over on the side of the road, if we see somebody fall in the parking lot. Dr. Tim, I was a little nervous last week with his sermon. I was afraid he was about to steal my thunder. So we saw in the video last week where the guy helped him pick up oranges. And I was in tears watching him become the best man for somebody, all because he helped pick up oranges. Sydney was sitting in class with CJ and Cassius and Esau. That was an opportunity she took and said, hey, come to my youth group. I feel like that's what Sydney sounded like. I don't know. (laughs) She said, hey, come to youth group. And like CJ said, he was probably hesitant. That fear kind of snuck in. I didn't know what kind of church this was going to be. I didn't know if I'd be welcome. And you heard him say that everyone here was so welcoming. So... Wouldn't you much rather embrace that wealth, whether monetary or spiritual wealth, than to miss out on opportunities trying to gain that wealth? So think for a second. What is something you've sacrificed or missed out on and strive for wealth or praise? So like I said, most of these youth are starting a new chapter. We're going into last year of college. We're going into first year of high school. We're going into first year of middle school. We're going to be a big eighth grader at school. So kind of going through all that change. And most of us, when something big comes up, we take it on all by ourselves. We fear asking for help. I know I'm the worst about it. I can't say, like, feel free to ask for help because I never ask for help. So, when we think of pride, we think of someone that's overconfident. We think of someone that's overbearing. And they want to do it all. I can do it all. I don't need help. I don't need this. But, what do we think of when we think of humility? What did we talk about this weekend? You need a team. You need a team? Yeah. Uh, it's not bad to ask for help. It's not bad to ask for help? So, whenever we think of humility, a lot of people now think that you have to lie to yourself. We quoted C.S. Lewis. He said, Thousands of humans have been brought to think that humility means pretty women trying to believe that they are ugly and clever men trying to believe they are fools. I'm going to read it again. Thousands of humans have been brought to think that humility means pretty women trying to believe they are ugly and clever men trying to believe that they are fools. Today, most people say to be humble, that you can't believe that you are good at something, that you can't believe that you are pretty, you can't believe all of these things because that's being prideful, that's being overconfident. So we talked this weekend about the difference between confidence and pridefulness. What was one of the examples we gave? You guys didn't know? You guys are not to participate? One of the examples was, I think, sports. Mm-hmm. 
and knowing your ability is different from showing off your ability? So knowing your ability in sports is different than showing off your ability in sports. So saying, yes, I'm good at basketball, and yes, I can help my team be good, is so much different than saying, I'm good at basketball, I carry the team. So in work, I know a lot of us, I'm the worst about saying, I don't say no. Someone says, hey, you want to do this? Yeah, I'll do it. Can you help me do this? Absolutely. So slowly we take on so much that we don't know when to say no. We don't know when to ask for help. And so we talked this weekend about taking on so much at school. Yes, I'll do this sport. Yes, I'll be the leader of this team. Yes, I'll do this in class. Yes, I'll help you with this. But when does it become so much? When does it become so much in your work life? When do we get to that point where we say, okay, this is enough. I need help. Going to your coworker and saying, hey, I did this and this, and now I need help. Or going to your boss and saying, I've taken on too much. I'm slowly learning how to do that, and I would like to instill that in these youth before they get to the point where they have so much going on that they don't know who to turn to. So... Um, for me personally, this was the hardest semester of my life. I think I called my parents crying like three times a week. So, hardest semester of my life. I took on two jobs at school. I came home. I took on being the camp director again. I took on being the youth director again. I kept seeing grandma. I kept going home and eating dinner with my family every night. I would come here. We tried to redo the youth room. Slowly it became so, so, so much that I had to step back and say, okay, guys, to the youth, okay, guys, what can we cut out or what can we focus on as a group? And so I told them that we need to folk, like make our priority list, right? Have our priorities straight. Know what's important to us. So quit my job this week to go back to school. I only have one job now at school. So being able to say as much as I hated it, that enough is enough, that was a big thing for me. Although I was terrified. I was so afraid I was going to disappoint my boss. I was so afraid I was going to disappoint my parents. I was so afraid I was going to have to sacrifice something with the youth. But who do you think I turned to? I did not turn to Sydney. Did not turn to Sydney. <laughs> but she was confident. So we turned to God. I talked about it, prayed about it, thought about it. And we talked about taking opportunities. I had the opportunity to slip out of my job and just say, hey, this is what's best for me. I got the opportunity that my position at school was cut, and they offered me something else. And I said, no, it's okay. So those opportunities came up. I recognized the opportunity. So a lot of us go into work thinking that we have to be perfect. Everything we do has to be perfect. We have to measure up. We can't disappoint anybody. So when we are the ones that accept that we no longer have to measure up, we can experience any opportunity that God gives us. I accepted, hey, I don't have to do all these jobs. I don't have to do all of this. And look at what came up. I got to slip out of a job without disappointing anybody. I got to start over at school. So, 
I don't feel like I have to wish for more time because I lived in the moment with these awesome youth. I lived in the moment with my church family. I've lived in the moment with my family. So I don't need those extra five minutes. Here's another one that we all struggle with. Patience. How many times a day do you, as parents, catch yourself saying, you are testing my patience? You are working my nerves. You are testing my patience. How many times did I say that this weekend? Like a hundred times. That sounds about right. Thank you, Sydney. I did say it like a hundred times. You guys are testing my patience. So, what was the definition of patience? The definition of patience. Mm-hmm. Someone that can wait without getting angry or annoyed. Okay, CJ listened. So, the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. I'm going to read it again. The capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. That's like the dictionary definition of patience. I just thought patience was like waiting. So, I've got a fun story. I have to try to laugh like Dr. Tim gets. So, a man was in the grocery store. A woman had her little girl in the cart. They're walking through the cookie section, and the little girl says, I want, I want, I want, like every child has ever done in their whole entire lives. She says, Mom says no. And the little girl starts whining, crying, fussing. And Mom says, now, Ellen, we just have half the aisles left to go. Don't be upset. It's not going to be long. So the man keeps walking, the mom and her daughter keep walking, and he runs into him again in the candy aisle. I want, I want, I want. And the mom says, there, there, Ellen, don't cry. Only two more aisles. And so the man is behind him in the checkout, and he just so happens to say, man, you are really good with sweet Ellen. And the woman looks at him and says, my daughter's name is Allie. I'm Ellen. Did I do okay, Dr. Tim? Thank you. So, many times we just think of patience related to time. That mother going through the store had to have so much patience to keep from knocking her child out for whining, but she kept herself calm. So, a lot of the times when we think of patience as time, we don't realize that those are the opportunities that you miss. When we are so patient, so calm, so quiet, we can see the opportunity and say, walking through the store with a crying child was an awesome opportunity to talk. Sitting, we talked about sitting and waiting for food. Waiting for food at a restaurant. You order, and we are so impatient that every waiter that walks by, I'm like, ooh, is that mine? Ooh, that has to be mine. How did they get theirs already? But you literally just gave your order approximately two seconds ago? Yeah. So in that, that is an opportunity for you to talk with your family. Talk with those that you're with. And you might actually learn something about your family, your friends. You can listen to conversations around you. That's an opportunity for you to just sit and be happy. Right? Yeah. I feel like they're all asleep. That's okay, though. So patience is an ideal way to embrace those little moments in our lives. What are those little things that we're missing out on because we are rushing? 
I talked this weekend about I planned a vacation like three weeks ago, and I couldn't, I was like, okay, I can't wait for this summer to be over so I can go on vacation. I can't wait to, I just need this week to hurry up so I can go on vacation. But whenever you're wishing those things away, I was wishing summer with the youth away. I was wishing you Sunday away. I was wishing our retreat away. I was wishing the end of camp away. I was wishing mom's birthday away, grandma's birthday away. And then when you sit back and think, you're like, oh my gosh, I have so much to look forward to, that you slow down, which my mom always says, slow down. I hate it. Every time she says slow down, I get so angry. But it's true. So, Mom, I hear you, but let's not say it anymore. (laughs) But slow down. Take that time to realize, hey, I'm looking forward to this, but I'm not missing out on other things. So, those little things that we can do, sitting at the nursing home with someone in your family or your friend, coming to church and just not rushing out right after talking to those people that you haven't seen for a week, coming up and saying, hey, what are you doing in school? What do you want to do? Stuff like that. Sitting in traffic. That's one of the examples that everyone gave. Like, sitting in traffic sucks. But once you sit down, slow down, you might be able to see the sunrise or sunset. You might be able to look out and see a new pretty house that you haven't seen. You might be able to look up at the clouds and thank God for how pretty something is. When you slow down and embrace your patience, you can think of those opportunities that you can embrace so you aren't wishing for five more minutes. Like, oh, I wish I could just hang out with them for five more minutes. I want to just hang out. I, I forgot to ask them about this. Can I just have five more minutes? I promise I'm not going to take five more minutes. But instead you're saying, I want five more minutes because I'm so happy. We were leaving the retreat and everyone says, I want to stay. I want to stay. I made them, I said, we have to go because I need a nap. But everyone was like, I want to stay. This was so much fun. This was so much fun. That's the kind of five minutes you want. You don't want to say, oh, wait, I didn't learn anything. Can we, can we do something else? Author Fleming Rutledge wrote, The life of thankfulness, biblically speaking, is lived in view of the hard things of existence. As the life of thanksgiving deepens, we discover that the more mature prayers of thanksgiving are not those offered for the obvious blessings, but those spoken in gratitude for obstacles overcome, for insights gained, for lessons learned, for increased humility, for help received in time of need, for strength to persevere, for opportunities to serve others. So, life is all about those little moments that turn into something valuable. Take five more minutes to embrace what's before you. Learn from it. Engage with it. That way, you don't wait. Wish for five more minutes to make up for time lost. Making up for what you missed out on. Amen. Okay. So, ever since I was in youth approximately five million years ago, Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone has been our song. So, all the awesome youth are going to come and stand right in front of the altar table that a lot of our youth help paint fun things for, so make sure you come and see it before you leave. We're all going to stand and sing Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. And then we're going to pray. And then as we're leaving, um, 
we're going to have How Great Is Our God, the World Edition playing. So you'll get to hear How Great Is Our God from a bunch of different languages around the world. So, please stand.
like all of them were laughing at me because I said I wasn't going to cry today. Um, shocker. It happens every year. I'm so far beyond proud to have gotten to work with these youth again. <laughs> I'm so proud of how much they've grown in just one summer. I'm so happy that even those that haven't been at our church before have volunteered to work with us and help us. <laughs> And I'm so glad that you guys supported us this whole summer. It was awesome. And I don't want to go back to school because I just want to stay and do this forever and ever and ever. So, alright, bow your heads with me. Thank you, God, for this amazing summer. Thank you, God, for all of these awesome youth and our awesome church family. I ask that you just be with us as we leave this building. Help us to take what we've learned as a youth group and what we've learned in our lessons as a church. Take those and apply them to the community. Help us not need five more minutes to make up for things we didn't catch, but want five more minutes because things have been so amazing. I ask that you be with those that aren't here today. I ask that you bless us all as we leave here. In your name I pray. Amen. Yeah.